What is evidence? Evidence provides a why behind our plan of care. For the best outcomes for our patient. Elevate our practice to best standards. Giving the patient the most optimal care that we can. Is what guides us. There's been a lot of growth in our field. Things are progressing. It's different than what we saw 50 years ago. Welcome to Evidence Elevates, helping you integrate evidence to elevate the profession, your practice, and patient outcomes. A production of the Academy of Neurologic Physical Therapy. Welcome to Evidence Elevates. I'm Parm Paget. I'm a member of the Moving Forward Task Force, and we are excited today to have Jonathan Kinzinger, a physical therapist at Craig H. Nielsen Rehabilitation Hospital at the University of Utah in Salt Lake City here with us. So Jonathan, welcome. And tell us a little bit about yourself before we really get into the nitty gritty. Okay. I have been working at the University of Utah my entire career since I graduated in 2002. Um, Primarily on the inpatient rehab side, you know, the early years, you know, I kind of floated around, tried to learn as much as I could in all the different areas, acute, inpatient, burn unit, ortho, just, just tried mm-hmm. to learn a little bit of everything. But my passion's always been the inpatient rehab setting, stroke, spinal cord, brain injury, amputees. Um, it's always been my passion. Uh, so I, you know, took a full-time job on the inpatient side shortly after uh, graduating, and I've been an inpatient for almost 20 years now, 20 years next month. Wow, that's exciting. I always say that um, inpatient rehab is where the magic happens. So yep. I get it. <laughs> yep, and I've just loved inpatient, and then I did just transition to outpatient rehab uh, here. Uh, there's not been an outpatient therapy department in this new. Uh, freestanding rehab hospital that we have. So they kind of, you know, asked if I wanted to kind of develop, you know, some program, PT program. You know, I've been very interested in the high intensity gait training, which I'm sure we'll get into shortly. So that's really kind of why I came over to the outpatient side just at the beginning of this year. So just big change in my world. Good. It's always good to um, push yourself a little bit. Mm -hmm. So speaking of that, it sounds like you've been integrating more evidence into your practice recently. What sort of brought about that change for you? It's, it's probably quite an evolution. And I don't know if there's any one specific thing. I feel like, you know, maybe we just weren't following the best practices myself personally. And I was trying to explore kind of my future as I get older with the inpatient rehab populations, very physical, demanding. So Mm -hmm. I I started communicating with Heather Hayes, who I've always collaborated with and tried to work with a lot over the years. And I just started talking with her about ideas, the visions, the future, evidence, research, you know, and she directed me to the AMPT uh, organization, which I wasn't very familiar with, to be quite honest. So I kind of started exploring that and uh, they were doing their first uh, course, you know, last October, I believe it was. 
so I registered for that and took a lot of course content and you know with that and I was just really blown away with how much research and evidence there was that was specific to the inpatient rehab population because throughout mm-hmm. my entire career I feel like I've looked at research you know having been a mentor for neural residents having you know been a CI for loads of students over the year and every time we look for evidence related to you know our patients there was never really a lot of really good research for that specific inpatient population. So to a large extent, I, I didn't really explore the evidence. You know, I always kind of perused it every now and again, but never, and nothing ever really seemed new or novel um, until I took this ANPT uh, course. And I was just really amazed at the amount of work that was being done, especially around the high intensity gate training. And, and that, that whole philosophy and program just speaks to me because that's the way I've always practiced very intensively, you know, mm-hmm. you know, not really focusing on a lot of kinematics, but just really pushing patients and individuals as hard as I could, as they could go, you know, just really just doing a lot of what the underlying principles of high intensity gate training are about but just not in the formal way that they have, you know, um, uh, you know, brought it to life. Yeah. So it sounds like it was something that was, it made sense to you and Mm -hmm. was easy to adopt because it was kind of what you were doing anyway, Mm -hmm. but um, not in such a sort of systematic and um, specific way that was, that you knew had some, kind of meat behind it with that evidence. Um, So what about outcome measures? Have you been using outcome measures for how long? Like, was that a way that you could sort of assess how your patients have been doing? Yeah, so outcome measures has been an evolution, you know, over 20 years. Um, You know, historically, we've just done, you know, your Berg and your six minutes, you know, and that's that's really the, the primary ones, but we didn't do them in a very systematic way, the way that we do now. Um, we would just walk and then just measure it. And sometimes, you know, we're just guesstimating. So I really feel like, you know, we needed to do better. You know, that's also kind of, you know, back to your original question, you know, I felt like I wanted to be more objective and know that our outcomes you know, are reliable. So, so then getting back to the AMPT course, the core outcome set and measures, I started learning a lot about that, you know, speaking with Heather, also with uh, Genevieve, who was a part of the, you know, the uh, team, the core outcome team. She works here at the University of Utah. So I kind of started collaborating with her. So I just facilitated us implementing the entire you know, core outcome set here at the university. So that took quite a while to, to make happen, but it's all in place at this point in time. So, so now everybody on the inpatient side is, uh, you know, performing the core outcome set, you know, on admit and discharge. We're not doing anything in the middle just yet, but hopefully we'll get there. 
Yeah, for sure. Because you want to know what's working, right? So yeah. it's like it would be a valuable thing to do. And, um, and it's beautiful that they put the, all of that together so that everybody across, you know, we can actually make comparisons across populations. Yeah. One of the things that I appreciate about the core outcome information that's out there is that um, really specific instructions of how to perform each test, because I think it does, it help, it does help a group to standardize the way that they do it. Um, mm -hmm. Because I think it's a big thing. I mean, when I audit other clinicians and there, you know, we do an outcome measure, I think it's really fun to be like, okay, let's both score what we saw and compare. And, um, but it's almost never the same, right? Unless you kind of come up with some really systematic ways that as a group, you operationalize what you see, um, you know, how you interpret certain things. So I always have appreciated that. That was one of the things I thought was the best thing that they did in that mm -hmm. core outcome set was, was those really specific directions. And then, you know, when you're working with your group, trying to use those and it, it to help you to. Yeah. Yeah. When you go to the, you know, the Synapse Center, you know, on the ANPT's website, I mean, just all the free modules and education for it, just so that we can be more standardized. It's just really amazing the amount of work, you know, that that organization has done that I really was not aware of. And, and I honestly truly feel a little kind of ashamed of myself for not being a little bit more aware of how much has been done, you know, because yeah. I like to think of myself as kind of being on top of things and trying to be, you know, as good as I can be. And uh, so, so that's really been my job is trying to promote that amongst all of the clinicians here. And yeah, yeah. Yeah, that gets to my next point. But I just want to make a quick comment. Um, you know, I think that I understand that that sentiment of like, oh, I should have known I sh should have been better. But, you know, you're here now. And I think that that's what's important is that like what's in the past is in the past and you did the best you could at that time. And we're just going to move forward, which yes. is what we're all about. Um, but I am curious, like, you know, what has been your role in getting this out to the other clinicians you work with and how has that gone? It's been a very slow process. Um, so largely, you know, just meeting with staff members. So collaborating with Heather Hayes largely. So we've tried to just start setting up meetings with, with, some of our, you know, kind of leadership staff to try to get, you know, some interest. Um, there is a lot of hangups about safety regarding it, you know, so that's, we, we have had to spend a lot of time kind of going over the research and literature regarding, you know, adverse events, you know, and safety. So, so it's become very difficult to move past that late not lately but you know because everybody rightfully so is worried about hurting somebody you know right, so right. understand where they're coming from you know and that's where we try to have these little groups where we kind of go over the evidence kind of trying to summarize the data um 
we're having a journal club, kind of reviewing some of the primary articles, uh, you know, in two weeks from now. And then the week after that, we're actually going to start kind of going over education that's kind of more implementation specific, because throughout this, I think people have been like, okay, we're asking the same questions and we're really, you know, just kind of spinning our wheels and not getting anywhere. And they just want to see how things work and how it functions. And that's kind of the way I typically am, but I really wanted to kind of address the concerns from, you know, all the other clinicians and leadership. I wanted to make sure everybody felt comfortable with that first, but now everybody's on board. So really that's our next step is kind of the utilizing, you know, heart rate monitors, step monitors, um, and just really kind of, and then just teaching kind of the basics of the high intensity gait training programming course. And I've got two other clinicians who've taken the, the course, um, and then two more who are in the process of it right now. And then I'm just trying to really encourage people to take the next one, which starts on August 1st, because it's really just changed, you know, not changed my practice, but really just changed in a much more systematic, like you said earlier, systematic, objective way of doing things. And it really made me appreciate so many of these things that they're doing. And how many clinicians are there, roughly? A lot. So we have probably nine or 10 full-time PTs on staff, and then, you know, lots and lots of uh, PRNs. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious if in dealing with other clinicians or yourself, what barriers came up in trying to apply evidence and change the way that you practice? I think, you know, a lot of individuals feel like probably the first one was our outcomes are good. So don't really feel the need to change. Mm -hmm. You know, that's, that was probably the first barrier that I really, you know, had to hand handle. And, and I think that's still one, you know, and, and management is really good here. They want our, you know, staff to have a good work-life balance. Mm -hmm. They don't want to kind of have us do a bunch more meetings and other things that might take the happiness of their job away from them. So, and I really appreciate that. Uh, so, you know, it's been clear that I, you know, these meetings can't be mandatory. Um, so I think, you know, people are just very happy with where they're at. They're feel like they're doing a good job. Personally, our outcomes as a whole are good. So I think a lot of individuals just feel like we're in a good place right now. And then, and I just keep trying to kind of, you know, reinforce, you know, the evidence and that outcomes are better and trying to, especially related to discharge to home and decreased falls, how, you know, these core outcome measures, you know, you know, higher outcomes are gonna, you know, improve those scores. So. Yeah, and I think that what you're, you know, getting at here is like there's there's evidence out there right but people aren't necessarily picking up that evidence which is 
natural. It's, it's kind of like the way things have always gone. And Mm -hmm. so what we really need is, is a knowledge translation Mm -hmm. process to help with implementation. And that is hard. It's hard to do. Right. But I think, so one thing I wanted to ask about is the journal club that you're talking about, because I really think that when people are exposed and exposed like multiple times and over and over and and they start to get a sense of like what's really out there and am I really doing the best? Like, you know, I think once people start to realize like, okay, it's good, but do I really just want to be good? I kind of want to give the best to my patients because that's pretty much what we all want, right? So um so how are you going about the journal club in terms of choosing articles or facilitating what's the timeline like how often are they happening well we haven't actually had a meeting yet so in our last we're calling it lunch and learn you know Mm -hmm. educate them over you know a 45 minute block of time over lunch which is tough to you know fit a lot of information in in that period of time but after that meeting so I'm, i'm thinking heather might have facilitated this so they put two articles for the next one. So we'll see how it goes. And I really hope that everybody reads the article so that we can actually critically discuss it and evaluate it. And, you know, so that people do start to see, you know, how good the evidence is, because that was another one of our hangups. You know, people in individuals will say, well, you know, the research was good, but it's not great. And in my mind, I'm thinking, well, there's really never been any research that's very specific to the inpatient rehab population. So this is pretty darn amazing to me. And you've got, you know, RCTs with several hundred people. That's pretty phenomenal from where we've been. So Mm -hmm. I'm trying to like rephrase it. And again, I just have to be very, you know, careful and tactful, you know, because I I am passionate about this. And I know some people kind of view that as being, you know, pushy or bossy. And right. and, And I think how it's been interpreted is we're not doing it. We're not doing high intensity training. We're not doing it good enough. You know, we should be doing it better. I think some people are interpreting it like that. So I've had to have some conversations, you know, where I'm trying to make sure individuals and and the team and everybody understands that, you know, I just, I genuinely care about, you know, my patients and the profession and, and I just want to do better for myself. And I want, everybody to if you know they you know buy into it so because it's always been the way we practice just not very systematically and objectively so yeah yeah great well I mean it sounds like you're making some inroads and getting some change and it's never it's never an easy thing um but it sounds like you're doing you know you're, you're getting there and, and that's wonderful. Um, so one of the other things that you mentioned, I just want to circle back to is that, you know, ANPT has all these resources that are really helpful and great and free stuff on um, the Synapse Center, but it was something you didn't know about. And so do you have any ideas for us of like how we can kind of get the word out to people about the resources that are available? 
you know, the, the thing for us in this facility, I'm, I'm kind of surprised that our students and the neuro residents aren't coming to us. You know, the, the clinicians who are, you know, have been here a long time or haven't been here a long time and saying, hey, have you seen this? You know, because I mean, this is not new, you know, so I'm really surprised that none of the residents or students have really kind of tried to facilitate it. So just, so I guess the, my answer would be with the education, you know, you know, in school, making sure the students feel a little more comfortable <clears throat> trying to, you know, disseminate some of that information because I think students are just not comfortable with that. They don't want to rock the boat. So and that's, that's where I think that's coming from. So other suggestions, I don't know. I mean, making stuff free, but there's lots of free stuff. You know, I know. Like, yeah. I know. Right. I, I honestly think you guys are doing an amazing job. And now that I see it, I just, I, I'm not sure what you could be doing better. I think, you know, us as clinicians need to be a little bit more engaged in going to conferences, being a member of the ANPT, you know, I think is critical. You know, that's, that's kind of, you know, my next step. You know, I want to become a member. I want to be a, little, a lot more involved in all of this stuff mm -hmm. and just trying to encourage other people to be, you know, more engaged and involved. I think... I don't know. I live in a like a dream world, you know. When when CIs have a student, I would love to see them taking on projects, you know, like looking up stuff on the ANPT site and trying to get their students more engaged. But you can't force somebody to do stuff like that; it's just not received yeah. well. So I just I think having you know somebody like Heather or myself or you know there's you know when when I decided to transition to outpatient the only reason I was going to transition is if I knew somebody taking over was going to be passionately engaged in this program on the inpatient side so making sure that I had you know another one of our ther therapists Alan you know kind of heavily involved so I don't know yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I think to some extent having champions, you know, in different places, I think is, can be really helpful because if you hear it from somebody that you know and trust, mm -hmm. then I think that that is helpful. I like the student idea. And I know that when I have done some teaching, I always, you know, have assignments where I force students to go to the, some of the AMPT resources because I want them to know that they're there. Um, mm -hmm. So I think that that's good, but I, but I do think that's a good message we could get out to professors potentially is like to, to a little bit more directly encourage students to bring these resources to their CIs. Um, because I think that you know, that could be, an, I know you hear from a lot of CIs that one of the reasons they like having students is because they learn the kind of latest and greatest that the students are learning. And so, um, but I think you also have to have that culture of, of where you are of like, of 
you know, that's one of the benefits of students and really ask the student, you know, what, what can they bring or, or what are they learning that they can share? Um, and yeah, so I think those are great ideas. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and maybe CIs aren't open to that. You know, maybe some CIs are really intimidating that the students don't feel comfortable with it. That would be my guess because mm -hmm. you know I would, I would I always encourage students to bring new things to the table and challenge me. I tell I tell students all the time, you know, challenge me. You know, prove me wrong. I'm happy to be proved wrong. I want to be proved wrong. You know, mm -hmm. I, want, I want to learn, I want to evolve, I want to be better, you know, so I don't mind, you know, that. Right. And I think, yeah. but I don't think everybody feels that way. So, yeah. But, you know, I think that modeling it is helpful for mm -hmm. other clinicians when they see that or they hear those conversations or your students are doing presentations that are, you know, engaging. Mm -hmm. I think that that people start to see that. Yeah, and that's, that's what I really tried to do is, you know, once I started learning about all these things through the AMPT, you know, I essentially said, I want control of the students' presentations. Yeah. And that that's, I would, I would love that, you know, to be in complete and total, maybe, I don't know, you know, maybe that's an idea, like a, some kind of little section, student, you know, presentation ideas for their clinical rotation, you know, and, you know, then just present it to their CI. I, I don't know, just something that's, you know, because for years and years and years, students would just present on these random things that, you know, I could just look up and, you know, right. I want something new and novel and meaningful. Right. So. Yep. I hear you. I'm with you. I would mm -hmm. love it too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, Jonathan, I feel like we've had a really kind of interesting conversation. I just, again, want to say that I think it's great that you're, um, you know, continuing to try to improve and, and change your practice and um, spread information about evidence and how to utilize evidence and these resources at the AMPT with your colleagues. I think that's awesome. And we've been so lucky and happy to have you talking with us today. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Evidence Elevates podcast, a production of the Moving Forward Task Force in the Academy of Neurologic Physical Therapy. We hope you enjoyed this episode and that you share this podcast with a colleague today. Come back soon to listen to more episodes of Evidence Elevates. For more information, follow us on social media or find our website at neuropt.org. That's N-E-U-R-O-P-T dot O-R-G.